Welcome to the IoT podcast powered by Paratus People. Be among the first to find out what's happening in the fascinating and growing world of IoT from the industry leaders themselves. Welcome to the IoT podcast show. I'm your host Tom White. Today I'm joined by Bastian de Groot of Inji. Inji is a top 50 EU prop tech startup developing innovative lighting solutions for smart and energy efficient buildings. Inji uses lighting as the backbone of smart buildings, enabling applications such as asset tracking, indoor navigation, occupancy analytics, and much more. Bastian, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure to be here. And I must say, a great summary. I think you can join straight in as, our, yeah. as a picture for our business. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm available to, to rent for these things. You know, if you ever want me to intro anywhere <laughs> else, you know, you can, uh, you can just give me a call. Um, Bastian, uh, clearly a really interesting business. Um, you know, we were just talking offline just a moment ago about some of the work that, uh, that my company does in, in, in lighting and what have you. But could you start by just explaining what your background is in IoT? Um, yeah, so I've, I've got a quite diverse background. Um, I always tend to joke that I can read both C code and a profit and loss statement. So I've got, I've got both <laughs> an engineering degree in artificial intelligence and an executive MBA from INSEAD. Oh, wow. uh, okay. um, so, so I can really stand on both, both sides. Uh, in terms of IoT, I've worked in a myriad of businesses. Um, I've worked quite a few years in consulting in, in London, uh, where I worked in corporate uh, corporate venturing. And there I've worked mainly on the technology side of things. So I worked for E.ON on all kinds of smart home businesses and uh, smart energy businesses. Um, I worked on augmented reality for Airbus or AEADS, but Airbus is the more known uh, name. Um, I actually built a, a smart home business for La Poste, will you believe it? Uh, no, it never launched. Wow. But, you know, I, I did say that that was not due to my effort. Um, and, uh, yeah, and for Vodafone, uh, British Telecom, uh, Philips. Um, so, yeah, a whole range of different uh, IoT businesses. And then... Um, I ended up running, becoming the head of strategy for Velosylvania, which is one of the largest lighting companies. And there, I obviously specialized really into the application of IoT being within the lighting domain. Right. Okay. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah, really varied background, right? Um, it, 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 fairly similar, I would say, to myself, because I actually uh, studied uh, embedded engineering at university. And then moved much more into the commercial side of the business. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I can still probably read a little bit in a compiler. I don't know if I can actually get code to compile anymore without being very buggy. But uh, probably a, a, a similar vein to yourself, I'd say, Bastian. Exactly. That's why, why I very particularly said I can read <laughs> yeah. the claim that I can still write it, although I am convinced that I would still be able to do it. I think <laughs> I would have to sit down for a few weeks and yeah, sure. take a refresher. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, Sebastian, could you talk a little bit about NG Smart Building Lighting and Control Solution and what, what that means and how you've developed it? Yeah, so really we see we solve one major problem, and that is that if you want to deploy smart buildings, you typically need to deploy a lot of hardware in your building, all right? 
And the whole concept stands really great until you start looking at the cost of deploying all these sensors across the building, which means you either have to put PowerPoints everywhere and pull a lot of cables to power those sensors, or you have to deploy battery powered sensors. And then in any business case, you have to accommodate for basically hiring two or three people full time per building just to replace the batteries, right? So neither of those work. And then the second uh, problem you have with deploying the sensors is getting the connectivity done, right? So either, again, you deploy a wired network throughout your entire building dedicated to the IoT, or you uh, use existing uh, high bandwidth uh, communication technologies, but that means your sensors will become too expensive, or you use something like LoRaWAN or, or anything else, but that typically doesn't have the reach inside the building. Sure. So how do we solve this? We use lighting, right? So lighting is deployed across the entire building. It has an extremely high density, right? Every five or six square meters, you have a light point. Um, and it's always mains power. So if you integrate uh, the hardware, the backbone of your uh, smart building inside the lighting, you actually have all these problems solved, right? Because once the lighting is installed, your hardware is already installed. And actually, you don't need extra comms communication because you already need a wireless chip in your uh, luminaire just to do the lighting control. So if you just do that a bit smarter and you make sure you can use that communication network also for other IoT applications, you can basically create a dedicated IoT backbone in your entire building without having to create any additional cost um, uh, to the lighting. And then what we do is we build a whole set of applications on top of that, right? So we can do, of course, occupancy analytics because we have present sensors to turn the lighting on. Yeah. Well, if we can actually get that data out, we can give you a heat map of which rooms have been used or are being used in real time. We can do asset tracking, so we can put tags on objects and locate them inside the building with about two meter precision. We can do indoor navigation because the mobile phone can talk to the, to the luminaire and um, locate itself. But also we can add, for example, wireless battery sensors to do climate monitoring because all they need to do is a little solar cell to take a measurement and they just ping it out. And then one of the luminaires will pick it up and they will then connect, create the connection to the uh, backbone, which you could never do. <laughs> with any other wireless technology because it's just too power hungry yeah. um, and we have perfect coverage right people try to do the same thing for example with wi-fi um but yeah once you start doing asset tracking on wi-fi you have one access point every two three hundred meters square meters mm -hmm. it's just not enough we have one every six meters every six square meters so we can just deliver so much more accuracy on the asset tracking and the indoor navigation yeah i mean that's uh that's staggering isn't it because uh i have a fairly good understanding around adaptive wi-fi solutions and we've had people on the show in the past such as cares links from corvo um generally considered one of the founding fathers of wi-fi right and um when you look at mesh networking and and wi-fi in the home and adaptive wi-fi certainly wi-fi 6 um some of these um intelligent systems that they use about uh monitoring and and also from a uh not so much asset monitoring but um proximity sensoring where you check for breaks in the connection etc i think you're right it's the fact that sometimes they're so dispersed as well that you 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 need more right in order to accurately 
uh, predict. Uh, and it's interesting you should say, because um, to me, as a, as a novice, uh, one every six metres sounds like a lot, right? It sounds like uh, a lot to have that. What, what, what is the reason for that? Is it just based around clarity um, and accuracy of the information that comes back? No, I mean, just look up to your ceiling. How many mm. light points do you have in the room you're sitting now? Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. You, you just, I mean, if you don't have a light point every six square meters, you just don't get a equal light distribution in your room. So... Mm. Um, yeah, if you if you just take a uh, how do you call it the system systematic like a tile s ceiling, right? You yeah. would see that every sort of ten twenty tiles would be a light point, and each yeah. of those we equip with a wireless chip to be able yeah. to control it and connect the set. So so it's already there. I mean, yeah. it's, for any other application, it's complete overkill, right? Yes. I mean, I think what we see for our asset tracking, we need maybe one every 100 square meters. Um, but you know, we already have it because we basically get it for free because it's it's integrated in, in the lighting hardware. And, yeah. and the lighting hardware needed a communication chip anyway. So it's not getting any more expensive. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, if the infrastructure is already there, then um, you may as well use it, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah, I get it. So, Bastian, lighting has evolved massively from from just a simple functional mechanism towards intelligent systems that can support a wide range of smart building applications, as you mentioned, including asset tr uh, tracking, indoor navigation and control monitoring. What are the major use cases you have seen in connected lighting uh, move towards recently? What are most people looking for their systems to do? Well, so I think it's an interesting question in the way, in, in the way it's formulated, right? Because um, you actually say, what are most people looking for? Mm -hmm. If I would say, what are most people looking for? They're probably looking to turn the lights on and off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So we are really in this stage where we, we really know better what our customer needs than what our customer know that they need. Um, if you look what our customers are responding to the most once we explain them what is possible, what they never even would have thought of themselves that the lighting was possible to do. Um, then I would say it's, um, it's asset tracking is really our lead application. And this is also the application that we are pretty much unique in. Right, so a lot of people come with stories about you know, the future of the smart lighting, uh, but what we see is we actually are able to deliver what others consider to be the future now. Right, um, and, and asset tracking is, is really what is really hitting really hardly with us because we can deliver so much value compared to others, right? So if you don't use the lighting and you want to deploy asset tracking, the costs are humongous because you've got to deploy an infrastructure and you've got to deploy it with a very high density. Um, and then secondly, the benefit from asset tracking is humongous, especially in hospitals, right? So we see that our customers, they can save about anywhere between five and 15% on the amount of medical equipment they need uh, just because they know better where it is, right? So if you, don't, if you know exactly where everything is, you just need less of it. Well, and you know, if you take a bed, like a hospital bed, it's costing you 10,000 euros. So if you need 15% less beds, that's a 1,000, 
1500 euros saving per bed, not leaving the, the recertification, the maintenance cost of those beds, uh, the time spent looking for them um, away. And that all because you just put a tag on it that costs you a few tens of euros. So that's, that's a really, really strong uh, business case. And then the second business case within healthcare is uh, uh, certification compliance, right? So you can imagine uh, medical equipment needs to be certified every X months. Right, but if you have tens of thousands of drip feeds, do you really think that they can be able to find every last drip feed that they need to certify? Um, so they always have a non-compliance, right? This is just a, 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 a rather unkept uh, secret um, uh, fact. Um, but but it's true, and we help them to get 100% compliance, right? Because we can help them just make a print. Here is all your drip feeds that need certification. And yeah. this is their exact location right now at this moment. And you can just go and pick them up. Mm -hmm. um, and then other uh, key um, mm -hmm. ones, actually one that is getting a lot of traction that you might not expect is smart washing rooms. Um, so, um, so we can, of course, extract information about how, which washing rooms are used, how often they're being used, because you know, the lights are on when people use bathrooms. So <laughs> uh, we know exactly. And uh, and that's actually, especially for, for public buildings, a key concern in their uh, customer satisfaction, right? So we yeah. can tell them exactly that bathroom has been used a lot. Go and deploy someone there. And that bathroom, nobody's been there. We can actually install wireless battery-free feedback buttons so people can press if they want it to be cleaned. So if you get four or five of those button presses, you know you probably need to go to that bathroom and, and clean it. So that, that's that's an interesting one. Um, uh, and then yeah, there is a whole myriad of, of, of other use cases. But if you ask yeah. me to pick one, S tracking is the one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, thank you for that. It, it's so interesting because you know how how is it that you're able to support such a wide range of propositions across so many industries? Because uh, it's 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 almost countless, isn't it? Is this so, so many? It, it is. Um, it is, and and this is really. Sorry, I'm now going to do a little bit of my MBA speak. Yeah, that's okay. That's <laughs> right? right. So, um, really, what we deploy in the um, to the core is ecosystem approach, right? So we're not a vertically integrated solution provider, and this is where I see most of our competitors go wrong. They're all trying to build a vertically integrated solution, which means they have to build the entire cloud application in all the sensor hardware all the lighting hardware integration and you just can't nobody can manage that it's too wide so what we do instead is we actually build only a very small portion so we build the embedded software that runs inside the luminaire and we license that to luminaire manufacturers who then build luminaires out of it and for them we have a very attractive proposition because we offer them a fantastic lighting control system for a very sharp price because we don't make our money off the lighting control system um and and they can sell this story to their customers that this is actually making their building IoT ready and they can employ all these beautiful use cases. But for them, it's really about the lighting control system and they sell that to lighting people. And then 
we connect to another part of our ecosystem is the portal providers, right? So we see yeah. a lot of our competitors, they say, oh, we just make the hardware so that we can hook everybody to your portal, uh, limiting you in a lot, right? Because everybody says, oh, cloud development is, is, is easy. Well, it's not because we, the cloud applications we support, they range from asset management for a hospital, right, bang, that's a whole industry with 30 years of experience, people building software packages just to manage assets in hospital, to room booking systems uh, and integrated facility management systems that, that handle the whole facility management, right, where we can insert jobs to clean a certain area or to make a room booking um, based on occupancy or to uh, withdraw room booking because somebody booked the room but there's nobody in the room so somebody else can do it to um, logistic warehouses where we're integrated with SAP right and I, I, I almost see competitors of us that they obviously haven't told it through enough but they're, what they really are saying is yeah we're going to build a, sol a cloud solution that's going to build asset tracking for hospitals it's going to do room booking and it's going to do logistic management because because we supply the data from the sensors and it's like you, you realize you just made through major industries with multi-billion companies making solutions for this and you're going to compete with it it's crazy so instead we're saying you know, let us focus on the software we're an embedded software company we provide the api and we can provide that same information to all those three different systems, right? For us, it doesn't matter whether it's a logistics company or a healthcare solution. We just tell you, PEG 157029 is now in room 2BA903. Mm -hmm. And that's what our API just pops out. And whether that's a healthcare solution or a, an industrial solution, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Lighting control, same thing. Our lighting control system just works. Whether it's in a luminaire for a hospital or for a a logistics center and then we have built a whole ecosystem of sensor providers right so now network which provides a lot of uh, which provides the connectivity but then we partner with dozens of companies that make all kinds of sensors right so sensors infrared distance sensors to make uh, to measure the distance in a towel dispenser uh, power sensors to measure power of subnets um, uh, i mean We've got all these crazy sensors. If we would have to develop all of those, we you, you just can't, right? So, so all these places we're doing an ecosystem approach, and 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 we have just we just bring it all together on our software, and then let others um, expand on that, and that allows us to take a lot of stuff also off the shelf that was yeah. developed for you know super uh, pinpointed solutions. We pull this in, and then and then it all runs through our mesh as the binding factor. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's staggering, really, isn't it? Lighting has a has advanced te techno um, technologically so drastically um, that connecting lighting it's it, it just seen such a huge group uh, growth so quickly. I mean, what what types of barriers has NG seen and 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 need to overcome? for connected lighting to hit its full potential, Bastian? Well, I think, yeah, I think uh, there's many, but I think if you if you name a few, then one of it is the two buyers that we have to deal with, right? So we very clearly identify, we have a lighting buyer who wants to buy a lighting solution. And the funny thing is you say, look, lighting made so many steps. And if you ask the people in the lighting industry, they would say, yeah, you know, we had this LED transformation, it's massive. 
But really, if you show Edison, you know, a light of today, you still recognize what it does. You know, yeah. of course, of course, you know, it's LED. But but really, okay, so we, we you know we went from a wire in a vacuum to a wire in a gas to gases in a tube. And now and now we go to basically wires on a on a on a semiconductor scale. But in the end, it still you push some electrons through something, and it starts emitting photons, right? And and yeah. and, and it still looks the same. Yeah. And if you have people outside of the lighting industry, they're like, "Well, what changed?" I mean, it still looks the same. Mm. Um, so so actually, the lighting industry hasn't changed that much, and has massive issues adopting the smart lighting space, right? Because if you look at all the stuff we talked about. It's got nothing to do with lighting anymore, and that's and that's really where our biggest issue is, right? So we we sell a lighting solution to a lighting player, and we really we literally have two pitch decks, right? So pitch deck one goes, you've got a fantastic lighting control solution. You can install it wirelessly. It's scalable. You can commission it with your mobile phone. You know you can hit all the subsidy points and incentive points to make your building super energy efficient. Um, oh, and by the way. It's also creating, you know, sort of last slide in the deck is sort of the big takeaway. Oh, yeah. And by the way, you can also use this backbone of your smart building. But that's our lighting pitch. And then we have another pitch, which goes, we can do all these fantastic things. We can do asset tracking. We can do occupancy analytics. We can do smart washrooms, uh, chicken monitoring in farms and, you know, whatever, whatever you, you want. Uh, and we can do that way cheaper. And how can we do that? Well, you just have to find the person in your company that buys lighting and tell them to buy Indian-enabled lighting. Yeah. Um, and and we really need to play those two pitches to those two different buyers and then bring them together. So it very often happens that one of our partners is talking to the lighting partner in a company, and one of the partners is talking to a uh, to the smart building person in a the company, then both those partners come to us and say, hey, we're talking to this company. And then we're like, hey, but we know somebody else that's also talking to this company. And then we bring them together. And then they then start bringing the, the people within the organization together because typically they don't even know each other. So we often mm -hmm. connect those people in the organization and bring them together. Um, still having a proposition for each of them, but just saying, hey, you should, if you both just agree that you buy into, you both have a fantastic deal from your respective uh, value chain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, it's it, it, it's fantastic, and I think some of the things that you've done at NG uh, in a relatively short space of time are, are truly remarkable. Uh, you know, credit where credit is due to yourself, Bastian, and your team. It's uh, thank you. It, yeah, I, I mean it. It's it's really it's really quite impressive. Um, you're you're going to be the best person to ask this question. But what are the new and upcoming smart building use cases you're currently working on, and where do you think we're going to be in the next few years? What what's likely to become commonplace out there? Um, so so let me start with the question: What's what's new? What's new in cooking? So if we look, what we're really working on the moment is low cost people counting, right? So everybody wants people counting. You want to know how many people are in your building and you really see that market split, right? So on one end, you have the cheap sensors, basically PAR sensor just tells you someone is there or maybe a door count 
third that just counts how many people go in and out of the door and then you have the other side is the camera based solutions mm -hmm. that really count people mm -hmm. but they're you know they're on a completely different level in terms of cost and and we really see there is an opportunity there in the middle so we have quite a number of partners actually because again this is typically not technology we would develop in-house but we have a number of partners that are working on sort of a mid-range solution right so somebody that 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 you can install in a room for tens of euros that would count to be 95 percent 98 accurately um and I think that's that's really gonna be a key breakthrough. Uh, the other thing that we see is lost and more uh, indoor climate monitoring. And again, and, and 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 again, there is there you have some cheap sensors, but if you really want to do proper CO two, it's really energy efficient, inefficient, and costly. Um, and and that's really um, two of the key sensor cases we want to be working towards. I think if you say what's where is the smart building market going, um, I think wireless has been a long promise, um, and um, and it's really a necessity, right? Because if you don't do it wirelessly, then just putting all those cables in is just killing any business case. Um, I think the challenge so far has been the scalability of the wireless technology. Um, and and I think there you see something playing, again, going to put some MBA speak, speak on there, but um, yeah, what we see is that in the standardization bodies, um, because you need the consensus and the wireless technology to really deliver it at scale is so complex. Um, that we really see a trouble getting this, the standardization bodies to bring to, to get to a consensus on a scalable wireless technology. They all promise it, but it, it all falls over. A scalable wireless mesh technology that goes into the tens of thousands of nodes. Um, so we're working with a player called Wirepass, uh, which actually started proprietary. So they have about 15 years of, of deep R&D research, and they built in my view one of the few highly scalable mesh if not the only highly scalable mesh solution in-house and mm -hmm. they've been able to make the speed to deliver the scalable mesh um, and now they're looking as a single promoter to, to push that standard into a standardization effort um, which i think works has given them this the ability to break through that that major issue in the industry that the the consortium consensus way of building standards has not been able to solve um, so far. Um, and I think once that kicks in, once we finally have that scalable mesh, then we can see that what's happening in the home, right? Where the scalability is not an issue and the smart home is kind of starting to take off. We can see that happening in the professional market, which is just blocked at the moment by the lack of scalability in wireless technology. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting you should mention Wirepass actually because I think Yoni's coming on the show at some point soon. Um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> yeah, it keeps getting a smaller and smaller world, doesn't it? Uh, well, yeah. So now uh, Yoni, I I know very very well. So we, we okay. have almost daily contact. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Crikey. Crikey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, Bastian, I think it's fantastic, isn't it? You know, just purely what you've done. Uh, what you've managed to create so soon and, and, and where things are going in the future, I think is really quite staggering. 
Um, so all, all, it, all that's left for me to say is thank you so much for, for sharing your insights and coming on the show today. We've really enjoyed it. I know our listeners have. Uh, lot, lots of useful take-homes here um, with regards to the solutions that you're building, but the wider consensus around the connected lighting industry and uh, certainly one to watch when we look at IoT as a whole. Yeah, brilliant, Tom. It was a pleasure being with you. It was a very great conversation. Um, if anyone has any uh, follow-up questions, I'm always a very easy sort of social media guy. So if anyone hits, hits me up on LinkedIn, yeah, well, in fact, actually, right about now, hopefully the socials are going to make its way uh, across the screen and what have you. But um, for those that are just listening and not watching the video, so they can find you on LinkedIn. Are you on Twitter as well? Uh, no, not on Twitter. I really, I live on, I live on LinkedIn. So that's okay. the best, best right. place to, to hear me up. All right, no problem. All right, well, we'll, uh, we'll make sure that's there. Bastian, thank you so much and uh, appreciate you coming on the show once more. Thank you, Tom. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe for more episodes in the IoT podcast, the leading podcast among the IoT community.